Isaiah chapter 9. Let's begin reading in verse 1, if you would. It said, Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. As when at first he lightly esteemed in the land of Zebulun and in the land of Naphtali, that afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea and beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen great light. I praise God that the people that walked in darkness have now seen great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. If you want to know what we celebrate today, that's it. If you want to know what we celebrate today, that's it. That those who walked in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according, according to the joy of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden. Hallelujah. And the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor. As in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle. And the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And in the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You have nothing to fear. I want you to see something. In verse 6, it says, And his name will be called. And he begins to give his names. But I want to, I want to ask you this morning, will you call his name? Will you call his name? And his name shall be called. Father, we need you this morning. Lord, if the, if the preacher doesn't come, we've came in vain. If the one that can open this word and divide it rightly doesn't touch these lips of clay today, nothing will be accomplished. But if you will come, the yoke will be destroyed. Bondages will be broken. Strongholds will come down. Every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God will have to fall if you will come. Lord, I pray across this place from front to back and from side to side that, the only, that your name would be made power this morning and that we will call on you as we never have before. 
And we ask it in the name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. I'm thankful that I can call his name. I'm thankful that, that anyone that will call upon the name of the Lord today shall be. Somebody this morning say shall be. There's people all over this world, even in Christian, in Christian fellowship, that says that God has picked winners and pre- picked losers, that he's predestined some for heaven and some for hell. But I'm thankful that the prophet told us that the day would come that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm thankful that it wasn't just prophesied, but it was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 when Peter stood before the people when they said, what is this? What meaneth this? And he stood up and he said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And he began to quote the prophet and he got to the end again. And he says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, hear me, shall be saved. Oh, it's not just letters on a script. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. Some may call him Jesus. Some may call him Jesus. Some may call him uh, uh, Yeshua. Whatever it is, it's still the most powerful name that has ever been spoken on the face of the earth. And the thing about the name is he's given us access to that name that whoever will use it that is his will have the power that backs the name. I'm thankful. For the name of Jesus today. (laughs) His name shall be called wonderful. There's some translations that that it's wonderful counselor. There's others that it's wonderful comma counselor. But I can tell you one thing for sure. That his name is wonderful. It's not, we use words so casually today. Oh, it was a wonderful dinner. It was a wonderful service. It was a wonderful ride. It was a wonderful drive. It was a wonderful view. And that is all fine, but none of it compares to the the wonder of his name. His name is a wonder before men today. Because see, thousands of years, millennia later, people still call on the name of Jesus and he still changes their situation. You call on Muhammad and you get nothing but destruction. You call on Buddha and you get nothing. You can call on the name of a president and you will get nothing. Sometimes you can have some influence in this world and people will use your name. But my name or the name of a president or a dignitary will never change the course of eternity for you, for me, for anybody else. But I can call on the name of Jesus and he will will take a black heart and wash it in red blood and make it white as snow. He will make me a new creation. He will change everything about me. He will change a drunk to sober. He will change the oppressed and depressed to set free and clear of mind. His name is power. His name is life. His name is wonderful. Aren't you glad that he has a name that's above all names? (laughs) Have you ever been in life where you needed a counselor? We got people chasing everything today. A counsel this and a counsel that. And none of them go to the counselor. 
I'm thankful that he's the one that his counsel and his witness is true. I'm thankful today that when I go to the counselor that he can give me that he can give me words of life. I'm thankful when I go to the counselor that he can that he cannot have me quoting a creed for the rest of my life. I'm thankful when I go to a counselor that I don't have to stand before people and say I am JR and I am a whatever. No, whenever I became when I you when I called on his name and he changed me, he broke the bondage of sin. I am no longer who I used to be. The bondage that this world puts on people that you're forever an alcoholic, you're forever an addict, you're forever an abuser. That's not what the Word of God says. When you call on His name, He will make you something brand new. He doesn't patch you up and fix you up and, and, and give you coping mechanisms of life. He's a counselor whose counsel changes everything. You know, whatever else is in that council, it's, a word, it's an advocate. It's an attorney. Any, anybody, I ain't going to ask you. I know some of you need an attorney. <laughs> I know sometimes, I've been times I needed an attorney. You heard about the guy that come down to get prayed for, and he said, pray for my hearing. The preacher laid his hands on him and prayed over him next week. He said, how is your hearing? He said, I don't know. It's not until January. <laughs> We don't need that kind of counselor. I'm thankful that I have a count that his name is counselor. That whenever whenever I have whenever I have fallen, when I have deviated, whenever I have messed up, that I have an advocate. I have a counselor with the Father who pleads my case. You should know today that is wonderful counselor. You know, do you know this morning that he's mighty? Do you know that he's mighty? Let me talk about him this morning. This wonder. It says that the light has come. We were in darkness without him. Hear me. We're in darkness without him. But this morning, the light has come. John 1, chapter, verse 1, you ought to know it by heart because there's hardly a service that goes by that we don't tell you that in the Word, in the beginning, was the Word. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. Everything was made by him that's mighty. And without him, nothing was made that was made. And in him was L-I-F-E. In him was life. And the life was the L-I-G-H-T. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. It says, in the light, Jeff went into the darkness. And the darkness could not overcome it. This same prophet tells us in the 60th chapter of his writing to arise and shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord 
is risen on you. Listen to me, Mag Church. The glory of the Lord has risen on us. The day that the Word became flesh and dwelled among us, the light came into a dark world and changed everything. In light of what I just told you, the Lord's laid on my heart about where we're headed as a people, a nation, and a world in the, in the imminent coming time. We should understand, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people but the Lord. Somebody say it, but the Lord. Somebody else say it, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory shall be seen upon you the Gentiles y'all need to be more excited about that than you are the Gentiles (laughs) that's where I got in that's where you got in the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising lift up your eyes and see and they all gather together They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. There's some of our sons and daughters that are way off. He's talking about the sons of God, but it speaks straight into our life today. Some of us, our sons and our daughters are far off. If you'll be light, they'll come. No more time for going through the routines. No more time for the Sunday morning obligation. No more time for a wasted service. We got to call on his name until the light comes through. I'm thankful that he's mighty. Listen to me. This word declares, hear me, that God, he is mighty to save. Mighty God, call his name. Will you call his name? Some people here this morning, what they, the name they need to call is Mighty God. Why? Because He is mighty to save. There's some in here under the sound of my voice, you think they're beyond reach. You think it cannot be done. You think they've gone, they think they've gone too far, but maybe you've quit interceding and you've quit calling on his name because now you have begun to think it's impossible and it's too deep. The words of the, the, the Holocaust survivor, Corey Ten Boom, rings in my heart today that when she declared there is no pit that is so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Call on his name, that mighty God. Why? Because he is mighty to save. Do you believe it this morning or is it just religious rhetoric? He's mighty to save. I thank God. When the angel come to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, it's not just the beginning of a Christmas special. That it's not just the beginning of of a season that marks a calendar. When he came to him, he said, he said, as the prophet said, a virgin shall have a child. And they shall call his name Jesus. He said, 
when he's born, you will call, he will be what? Emmanuel. God with us. Why? Because he will save his people from their sin. Mighty God. An everlasting Father. He's the same. He's the same. This isn't talking about that he is the Father. This is, this is saying he comes to witness of the Father. It's coming to say that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the foundation of our faith. He is the ending of our faith. He is everlasting. What he was yesterday, he is today. And what he is today, he will be tomorrow. He is an everlasting. Before there was a when and a where, or a then and a there, there was Jesus. And he was everlasting. And he is from everlasting to everlasting. And he never changes. Somebody hear me. He never changes. What he has done, he will do. And by the way, Church of the Living God, if you want to know who I find aggravation with occasionally, it is the people of God that were born in the fire. Anybody here born in the fire? Was it Raven Hill who talked about I was born in the fire and won't settle for the smoke? I read this week where there was this great lament. I love how preachers lament on Facebook <laughs> about people not coming to the pulpit today. There's a shortage of people in the pulpit. The average age of a pastor today in America is 60 years old and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and a generation whining because, did I say whining? If I could think of a stronger word, I'd use that one. These, these senior pastors won't retire and make room for me. I can tell you this, that a, the, bar, the Word of God says that a man's giftings make room for him. Ooh. I might as well plant, I'm, I'm here, I might as well stomp on it a little bit. I didn't have time for a social media war among fools. Uh, Proverbs says something about you can't convince a fool. But let me tell you something. You know why there's a shortage of preachers in America? Because the fire is low. I didn't say going out. I said the fire is low. Because here's one thing I know for a fact. That preachers are born in the fire. Hmm. How do I know it? That's where I was born. How do I know it? Whenever I saw God pour out, when I, when I saw God pour out his presence for a decade in my life, in that decade, 30 preachers went to the pulpit out of one little church in one little town. And 3,500 people, one church of many in one little town, and 30 preachers went to the pulpit in that decade out of one little church. You know what happened? Where there was a fire preachers came out of the fire and what am I talking about this morning I'm talking about the blood washed saints that were born in the fire 
who now have no tolerance for the truth of God's word that brought them to the place that set them free. My God, help us. Dalton, preach the word with conviction, with passion. Stay true. Let, let God be true and let every man be a liar. Dedicate yourself. Y'all can just listen for a second. Dedicate yourself to that book. That when the naysayers nay, and they will. And when the, and when the, and when the uh, scoffers scoff, and they will. Compromising with them will never make them like you. They don't like who you are because of what's in you. It will not gain you anything to go along to get along. Hear me, young person. Hear me, old person. Hear me, everybody in between. This book is as true as it ever has been, and you can still call on his name, and he will still do everything he's ever done. And if it was good enough for you to get you in, give me, bring it back, because it'll work again. He's never changed. He's never changed. And he never will. Emmanuel, you know what he'll be with you? Somebody ain't hearing me. He'll be with you. <laughs> Ooh, I got time today. Y'all in trouble. You know, when, the, when all the children of Israel, you know, they'd just been delivered by God's hand. They come out of Egypt with not one sick among them, the Bible says. They come out with their li- slaves don't have got livestock. Is somebody with me? Do you understand that they were slaves and they come out with their sli- livestock? And the Bible says that they come out with the gold and the treasure of Egypt. Is that in there or is it not? That they saw the power of God displayed on the night of the Passover. And they saw a Pharaoh demand that they get out. They come to a, a hardened heart again at the Red Sea and saw the surrounded. And they're closing in because the fool hadn't had enough. And they saw a man go to God and, and God said, stretch your rod out. And he did. And when he did, it blew the sea open from side to side and all the way across and dry ground and they crossed over and they, he decided he'd try it too and they saw, they watched as he closed the water on them and destroyed all of them. And they get across and come to a point where Moses is going to go to the mountain and be with God. Are you with me? Think of what they'd seen what they experienced, what they had heard. And he no more gets up the man. He said, I'll be back. The man of God said, I'll be back. He hadn't been gone no time. And they go to Aaron and say, we need a God to worship. You know, and the man of God says, I, I rebuke you. No, he didn't. He didn't say, he didn't say, by the name of the one who brought us out, what's wrong with you people? He said, well, bring me your earrings. Bring me your jewelry. 
And we'll fashion a calf for you. And you can worship that. And on the mountain, God said to Moses, get back down there to my people. The JRV says, get down there. They've lost their mind. They're down there worshiping something besides me. And they get down there and they're calling on an on a image. And calling him the deliverer that brought them out of Egypt. My God, unless you think that's crazy, the church is in much the same place today. You know what, God, what happened? Moses got mad. Threw down the stones. I don't see where God got mad about that. He got mad when he struck the rock later the second time. I don't see where God got mad about the stones, do you? Y'all have heard it rain before. Here's what I want you to hear in all of this. Moses went to plead for his people. And God told Moses, he said, stand, stand aside and I'll destroy them all. But in the midst of all this, Moses, when he got there, he got down there, he said, what in the world are you people doing? I know that's not King James, so that's probably heresy to somebody watching. That always kind of finds a stump. <laughs> Sometimes that one's become a golden calf to a lot of folks. I said that right out loud. As long as I'm on a rabbit trail, let me take a rabbit trail of the rabbit trail. What in the world did people do? How did God preserve his word to the, to the English-speaking people before 1611? Would somebody please tell me? I'm just, I'm just wondering. And I'm wondering how in the world he's preserved his word to every language on earth. It didn't come from the 1611. I'm just wondering. Now that I've wondered that out loud and hacked about half the world off, I'll come back to Moses come out there and he, said, he says to God, he says to the people, who in the world did this? He said, you know what? Whoever's on the Lord's side today, come over here. And when they came over, he said, all right, the rest of you. He said, now pick up your swords and yourself and kill the rest of them. And God tells Moses, stand aside, I'll just kill them all. But Moses interceded and intervened and got the ones on the Lord's side. Then there was a time when God told Moses to go out and Moses didn't want to do it that way. And the God says, go, but I'm not going with you. And this is what I come to tell the church and the people and the preachers and me and everybody else. That if God doesn't go with me, Moses said, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. We've been far too long in this church world going without him. We've forgotten his name, forgotten his word, forgotten his spirit. We've farmed out to everything there is to farm it out to, every leadership seminar. Every kind of counselor under the sun. Every kind of mystic guru that has a YouTube channel. 
when we have wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, when we have God with us. Church, I didn't come to beat a drum, but I didn't come to spare anything either. I'm not going to preach politics. I'm going to tell you what's going on. Are you okay? I'm going to tell you, in the last week, you've seen some of the first shots across the bow of chaos. When you have state courts eliminating front runners from ballots. You say, oh, you're just a Trumpy. You know, I'm going to tell you, with God as my witness, look at me. Camera, look at me. People, look at me. With God as my witness, if, if it was Kamala Harris and God forbid, I would stand here and say the same thing. It's wrong. It's chaos. And it's what we're facing. We are entering a season that nobody in this room has ever witnessed in their lifetime. And the media will try to make it about Donald Trump. The media will try to make it about Joe Biden. The media will try to make it about Democrats and Republicans. Let me tell you, let me help you. It's not about Joe Biden or Donald Trump. It's not about Democrats and the Republicans. It's not even about Americans. It's about light and dark. It's about wrong and right. It's about good and evil. Let me tell you what, it's, a, it's, it's about lawlessness. Do you hear? It's the courts, the arbitrators of the law that is sending us into chaos. It's just the beginning. If you mark this day and take notes or watch it later on and we get to the end of 2024 and none of this stuff is like I said it would be, then mark me as a fool. But I'm going to go ahead and say it not about me, that my track record's pretty clean and it's pretty accurate. You know why? Because the word never gets it wrong. And you can lay this old world and this nation and this church beside the plumb line and it won't take a prophet to tell you what's going on and to see it very clearly. This word is prophetic. It didn't require any clearance from Redding, California or anywhere else. This word is prophetic. It is right and it is true. Arise, church, arise and shine for your light has come. Darkness covers the land and gross darkness the people. But we have the light. I'm thankful that everything we need, boy, it got quiet with the rain. I'm thankful this morning, Tanner, that he left us with everything we need. I'm thankful this morning, this morning that uh, though we're facing the very things this book says what happened, uh, I realize we're in a solemn moment in this service. This book says that we would be here. That tells me that his name is Truth. 
<laughs> that tells me that it is who, that he knew what he was talking about. This tells me that I can, that I can have no, concern, no worry because he saw it coming and he gave us everything we need to not only survive it, but to thrive in the middle of it. But it also tells me to wake up. Stand up. Stand on his word and speak the name. It's crept into the church. This, where we, uh, this universalism in practice is what it is. Carlton Pearson died a few weeks ago and it brought all this stuff to light again. And you know, we have people, God help me. Standing in full gospel pulpits when they could have just kept their mouth shut and not said a thing, but would rebuke people for saying, for, for, for coming against Carlton Pearson's heresies. And said, we'll just leave those to God. I wasn't planning this part, Matt. One day before yesterday, a good friend posting it. Anybody calling out what's going on at IHOP, Mike Bickle, and what's T.D. Jakes is being accused of. I don't have any idea if T.D. Jakes is accused of the things he's uh, guilty of the things he's been accused of. But my thought on it is, who cares? His false doctrine and his heresy has been on display for decades. And why do you not know this? that had the nerve to come out and say that anybody that stands against it has the same gross sin in their life. I got news for you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sleeping with women all over the church because I have power over them. I got news for you. I'm not going to P. Diddy's parties and sleeping with men and everything else because I'm rich and famous and think I can get away with it. I got news for you. I'm not preaching a universalist gospel that there, there is no hell, that, there's, that, there, that, that everybody's going. He says, well, just leave that to God. Hear me, man of God, or supposed man of God. Y'all all right? Jesus said they were coming and that they would be everywhere. He called them wolves. Paul warned us over and over and over and over and over. You know what he said in Acts 20? He said, I, he said when I'm gone, I, I'm, my concern is ravenous wolves will rise up from among you. He wasn't talking about out in the world. He was said, right here. He wrote his letters to Timothy and he warned in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He warned in 2 Timothy chapters 3, 4, and 5. He told what they were coming, what they would look like, what they would do. James wrote a whole epistle. The whole epistle of, of, of Jude, say, excuse me, the whole epistle of Jude is dealing with nothing but what they would look like. And you know what he did there? He named them by name. The heir of Cain, the heir of Balaam. The heir. And tell me you're going to leave it to God. Listen to me, preacher. God put it in his book and he charged you with it. 
He puts you over a flock of people. It is your job not only to feed the sheep. It is your job to protect the sheep. It is your job to get this book and read it and understand what it says and who you are and to stand in your pulpit and guard. Do you know why all those people thrived? Do you know why we don't seem to be able to get the perverts out of Chi Alpha in the Assemblies of God? Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Because nobody thinks they can say who they are and what they're doing. And we've set a generation up to be covered. I don't want to hear any of you talk about the Catholic Church situations. Whenever you're telling people that if you say anything... That you're hiding some sin in your life. Listen, there may be a lot of people with sin in their life, but true is true. And right is right. And wrong is wrong. And I don't need, I don't need a rebuke or a mandate from anybody to call a pervert a pervert and, 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 and a swindler a swindler. And you know what I'm gonna do? In the name of Jesus. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Convince, exhort, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. Why? So that I can make a name? No, so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Dalton, you're not going to be with them everywhere they go. Preach the word. Tanner? You're not going to be able to go everywhere they go in life. Equip them. Preach the word. David Watts, preach the word. Matt Cherry, preach the word. Jeff Robertson, preach the word. People of Mag, preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. And while you're doing it, Give them Jesus. If you don't give them Jesus, you haven't given them anything. Give them a name that they can call on in the darkest hour. Give them a name that when they don't know what else to say, they can say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, You know what? The songwriter says you don't have to know what to say. And you don't have to know how to pray. And I agree. Just speak Jesus. You know why? When, when you don't know how to give them anything else, when they say, what do I do? How am I saved? Uh, you give them Jesus. Why? Because Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us that there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Give them Jesus. When we give them Jesus, he will be the same all the way to the end. The government, it says in Isaiah chapter 9, will be upon his shoulders. But there's one other name. He's the Prince of Peace. He said, this world is in turmoil. Oh, but I have peace. This world will not see any peace until the Prince of Peace comes back and rules with a rod of iron. The government will then be up on his shoulders. But today, you can have peace. Jesus said to himself, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, 
These governments can try to make a peace deal over God's land all they want to. Ha! That's funny. They can call a peace truce for a Christmas holiday, but there will never be any peace until the Prince of Peace comes. But I can tell you, in this old dark world where darkness covers the land and gross darkness the people, that you can arise and shine because your light has come. And let me tell you, when, the, when he comes in, he'll bring peace to you. There is peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. You know what, Jeff? I don't lay my head down at night and wonder what will happen to me if my, if, if my heart stops in the middle of the night and I quit breathing and I leave this old world because I know that to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. And you can't threaten a believer with heaven. It'll be okay. I know that the, that the suffering of this present time is just for a moment. I know that I, and whom I have believed, I know that he never changes, Jeff. What about his name? Hear me. When his government was coming, when the Prince of Peace shows up, John wrote it in the 19th chapter of the Revelation. He says, now I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse. And the he that sat on him was called faithful and true. He has other, he is faithful and he is true. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He that sat on that horse was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. <laughs> he had a name written that we don't even know yet. He says he has a name written. If the names that we know are so powerful, my goodness. He says he had a name written that no one except he, knew except he himself. He was clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him. You know what? You know how I got with him, Jeff? I followed him. Do you know what it is to be his? When he calls his disciples, what does he say? Follow me. He didn't say, pray a prayer. He said, follow me. <laughs> Whenever he told us how to live this life, what did he say? If any man comes after me, he must first and what? Deny himself, take up his cross daily, and what? Follow him. Do you know where I'm going to be when, when he comes and sets this whole place in order? And, be, and rules with a rod of iron. And you know where I'm going to be whenever the Prince of Peace comes and, say, and his kingdom and establishes a forever kingdom that will be a kingdom of peace. Do you know where I'm going to be? If you're his, I can tell you where you're going to be. And the armies of heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. With, with it he shall strike the nations. And he himself will rule with a rod of iron. And he himself 
treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on a robe and on his thigh a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. Will you stand with me all over this place? And here's what we need to do on this Christmas Eve. His name shall be called. Would you begin to do that? Would you begin to call on his name? Father, we come to you in that name. There's people in this room right now that need the Prince of Peace. There's others in this room that need to know you're still the mighty God. There's people in this room that are at the beginning of this walk that needs to know that you're everlasting. You're for, you always were, you are today, and you always will be. There's people in this room that need to know who you are, that you're faithful, and that you're true. Lord, there's people in this room that need to know that you're mighty in their situation. That need to know you're mighty to save. That need to know that their, that their son, their daughter, their spouse, their grandparent, their friend, their co-worker is not so far gone that you're not mighty to save. Lord, we call on you right now. Would you call on him right now all across the place? Worship team, make your way back quickly, quickly, quickly. All of you, quickly, quickly. We want to go to shout Jesus from the mountains. Would you call on him right now? Mag Church, I don't mean to be unkind, but that requires you to use your mouth. That requires you to put along your, your, your Sunday morning, your Sunday morning uh, composure and to use your mouth. You can't call on him without opening your mouth. Would you call on him this morning?